0: Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen. It is another edition, a weekend edition of RJ Bell's Dream Preview College Basketball Edition. I'm AJ Hoffman. He is Griffin Warner. You can find him on the socials at the real underscore G Warner. Griffin, how are we doing today? We're doing great. Uh fresh off a nice little Minnesota victory against the spread.
1: Can't really explain why Ohio State people Wanted to, or some money came in after uh, that big Purdue upset but at this point if February 22nd is recording this if you just want to give us better home teams at home only given three points I guess home teams at home would make obvious sense uh, I will take it and looking forward to some more of those this weekend hopefully
0: yeah I was uh, there's been a couple moves that I've been surprised about although like I mean you've talked about this if you're expecting money to come in on the road team you're probably you, know, you keep holding your breath. Um, but it's kind of a lesson I'm learning now because I, w- I was on Nebraska the other day on a Tuesday or was it Tuesday or when it was Wednesday. And I thought I was getting a deal, getting them at pick at Indiana and made a nice little wager and woke up to a Nebraska plus two and said, oh, shit, what have I done? Ended up not mattering. But I I think it's the 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 lesson of it is. The market respects home court more than anything. It doesn't matter who the teams are. It doesn't matter what the jerseys say. It doesn't matter what the stylistic matchups are. Like Nobody wants to bet on these road teams. So if you want to back a road team, I think I'm going to stop playing road teams overnight. I think I'm going to wait until the day of to play road teams because I'm probably going to get an extra half point or a point just by being a little patient. And if I want the home team, I'm, I'm going to keep betting overnights because that's the only way to get a decent number on them.
1: Yeah, I mean, any favorite, especially if they're at home, I feel like you got to grab them early. Um, There are some scenarios where you might see a little bit of move the other way, but for the most part, I feel like that's probably not a good sign that you're going to, you're probably going to lose your bet anyway. I mean, not guaranteed by any means, but certainly not a good indicator. Um, so it might as well grab it, get the best price you can. If it works for you before you go to sleep, uh, then don't let the pros of the world bash it in overnight. And then you wake up. I've seen a lot of two and a halfs that I, I wake up to four and then I get very disappointed
0: yep. and uh, I basically miss out on a winning bet. All right, let's get into the best games of the weekend, and we'll start with Georgetown at DePaul. Yes. That, um, that was the joke. Uh, <laughs> we'll actually start with Alabama at Kentucky, and both these teams had some interesting results this week. Alabama got pushed by Florida. Um, you know, I, I showed you my – I'd send you my screenshots of my bets every once in a while, and uh, you I played the over in that game, and it was over 174, which is just a cartoonish number, and you LOL'd at it, and it actually uh, only got to 170 in regulation, so I needed overtime to get there, but it ended at like 191, so I mean, obviously, never in doubt, um, but Alabama got pushed by Florida. It's a, a feisty Florida team. Uh, you're seeing the 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 videos circulate on the Twitters of the elbow drop to the back of a head uh, by that Alabama player, and uh, and then you saw Kentucky. I, I mean, with almost an inexplicable loss. I, I know any any road game is a tough game, but LSU is almost. I, I don't want to say they're a free square, and, and maybe they're not anymore. I mean, this is now back to back wins over South Carolina and Kentucky, but not a good look for for kentucky who gives up the buzzer beater to lsu in a loss uh what what do you think is the the key in this matchup obviously i don't think there's going to be a lot of defense played again uh i, I don't know if we're we're going to be looking at, at quite a 174 but kinpom has this game at 178 so it wouldn't shock me if it's up there again uh how do you think this goes who do you think has the edge here it's really hard to say.
1: Uh I have probably been on a record plenty on this podcast this season. Um literally just admitting that I it's it's really hard for me to to know what's gonna happen with Alabama games. Um that are gonna score a lot. <laughs> I sure but like that. I've, I don't know about you, but I felt like they stole that Florida game. Florida led oh, for sure. from start to finish, like kept waiting for, and I, I wanted to bet Florida, but I was like, you know, I'm scared enough of Alabama if they have one of those three-point shooting nights at home. I'm just not really, I'd rather lose money in another place than that. So I was like, you know, I, I'm just going to let that happen. So I'm kind of hate watching it, rooting for Alabama to finally kick it in gear and crush Florida and it never came. And honestly, I felt like there were some fortunate calls. That certainly happens at home more than it would on the road. But I, I just don't really know what to say about Alabama. I, I know that they are um, really good if the threes go in, but they are very vulnerable if they don't. And I think Kentucky's just going to play this really Jekyll and Hyde type of style where they're going to have a good game, a bad game, a good game, a bad game. And I mean probably doesn't go directly one after the other. Uh, I don't know if the NBA zigzag theory from the playoffs from years ago, if that's applicable to the Kentucky Wildcats, because they have a lot of NBA players on that roster. But, (laughs) I mean, it felt like a weird spot to me going to, uh, to LSU after that big Auburn win. And uh, it just feels like Kentucky's not great at at handling success. Um, We know that Coach Cal isn't good with handling criticism, but it seems like Kentucky is just not great in general at being a consistent basketball player, which I guess happens with another young team. Uh, With that said, coming off a loss, I expect them to play pretty well. Uh, Did you give a number on this one that you're expecting? We'll go with Kentucky as like a minus one. or It could easily be a pick. Yeah. I, I mean, anything below a possession, I just don't know how in this modern day, day and age of college basketball, I mean, maybe you're betting, if you're betting Alabama here, you're you're really expecting them to shoot well and to start off well and to be able to hold on because some of the officiating that's out there, I mean, I probably, if, if you follow me on, on the Twitter or the X, whatever we're calling it, you probably got very, very annoyed with how much I was talking about a Furman uh, Sanford officiating game a couple last night, maybe. I don't know, remember what when it was, but whatever hair I had on top of my head, I was pulling it out. And it honestly, I'm, it's amazing it's still there. Uh, but I feel like you're kind of set up for the same thing. Kentucky off of a loss and a big crowd type of a, a, a stadium event, whatever. Um, they of course got off to a really bad start against Tennessee a few home games ago, a couple weekends ago, but uh, I just don't think Alabama is a side I want here.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm tempted by Alabama, to be honest. Uh, it, Kentucky's very confusing to me. And, and really, the, the, what they did at Auburn kind of like was like, I guess it kind of took me aback a little bit. I just didn't expect it because I'd almost kind of thrown them in the trash can. Uh, they'd lost the back-to-back home games to Florida and Tennessee. Yep. And then the loss at home to Gonzaga that just felt like it was a, a, re- a really weird spot for Gonzaga to to go across country and play a game. And it, it felt like it was set up for Kentucky to really, you know, have a statement win, and they they lost that game somehow. And you go back to the beginning of the season where they lost at home to UNC Wilmington. So the, the, Rupp has not been uh, the fortress that it normally is, and that worries me for an Alabama team that has. It, it, their game has traveled well I, I mean let's face it against against really everybody except for i mean auburn and tennessee those those two games and you can say well that's the elite of the sec and and maybe it is maybe that's the problem maybe when they get on the road against these these high level teams are going to struggle um but I, I, don't, I certainly don't trust Kentucky enough to play them here. I, I don't feel good about where they're at. I, I it's funny at the beginning of this, you said I'm not, sh- I'm not sure what Alabama is game to game. I, that's how I feel about Kentucky. I, I think Kentucky would be wise to just kind of like stop. I, this sounds crazy. Stop trying to play defense and just go try to score a hundred every night. <laughs> and th- that's what that's what Alabama's done, and they've had some success with it. I, I think the sooner Kentucky figures that out, the better because they're not, they don't have the personnel to be a good defensive team, to be quite honest. So they need to just focus on that offense and just rack up a bunch of points. I think that's going to be, it's its probably not a recipe that can serve them in the tournament, but I think it's their best recipe for success. The rest of this sec season, although you know, after this game, there's a bunch of Arkansas and Vanderbilt's on their schedule, so they should be okay. Uh, besides that, that last game at, at home or on the road at Tennessee, which is probably going to be ugly. Um, but yeah, I, I think Kentucky's best their best case is to just try and keep up with everybody and not worry about defense. I think this is going to be a high scoring game. Uh, I think we're going to see another laugh laughable total, and I'll probably play the over on it just because you've got these two teams that both play ridiculously fast. They both, chuck, they both chuck threes, and they don't really do a whole lot on defense. Like Alabama, they've started like not playing bigs anymore because they just want to run. Uh, I, so I, I think both these teams just kind of light it up, and I, I think we're in for a, a fun game, a high-scoring game. I, I don't have a great feel for the side here. I don't want to back Kentucky, even though it feels like at home this is the spot for it.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, I'm probably more interested in Kentucky than, than you are based on that conversation. I don't know if I feel comfortable enough doing it, though. Um, I certainly don't see why this game is going to stay under. Uh, no matter, It's pretty much how high can you set this total. People yeah. will still bet it over, and that probably is the problem, is that if you are playing over here, then you're probably getting the worst of a number be, just because of, uh, I guess, an adjustment to odds makers knowing that they're going to get over money, so why not put it as high as they can?
0: All right, let's go to the Big 12. Houston is at Baylor. We're going to project this, Houston, as a the shortest of favorites on the road. Uh, although, again, the way that money comes, I, it wouldn't shock me to see Baylor be a favorite in this game by the time it tipped off. Um, Houston just got, I mean, it, if, if they played the entire NCAA tournament in the Fertita Center, I, I think Houston wins it. Like, they are so dominant at home. Uh, they, they just, they're coming off back to back, just waxings of Iowa state and Texas made them look like they didn't belong on the floor, but this Baylor team is, uh, at home, they are a different animal. This is a a tough team at home. Uh, They've looked very vulnerable away from home, you know, although they almost got that win at Kansas, that would have been really nice for, for their resume. But, uh, you saw this week losing at BYU, Uh, in a game that they jumped out to a really big lead early and just fell asleep and BYU hit their shots and Baylor didn't answer and when Baylor's not hitting shots it's like they just they're not good enough on defense to compete at home they seem to hit their shots Uh, it is the stylistic matchup here is interesting because Houston it kind of pushes you to shoot threes and uh, Baylor's fine with that. Baylor, does, they don't really want to go in the paint. They they want to have everybody out shooting. It feels like this is maybe a good stylistic matchup for Baylor, and with the home court, I think it's the only side I could look at. I, I still think Houston is probably my favorite team in the country, but I, I do think this is a good spot for the Bears at home. What do you think? I wouldn't probably go as far to say
1: that, that Houston mopped the floor with Iowa State. I feel like that was – Fairly up in the air, especially considering how uh, most Fortita Center games are complete blowouts, as you mentioned. So I don't know necessarily that that went that way, and I do wonder about the kind of long-term lingering effects of when you play Houston or when you play Iowa State because they are so physical and basketball, physical sport you could say, but probably I, most people wouldn't. And, and I do wonder what the like long-standing impacts. So then now Houston goes on the road. They're not going to be able to be as physical with Baylor who are going to make a ton of free throws. I would suspect on Saturday, and that's going to make it even harder for Houston to overcome that and win. Um, I think the way Houston wins is you you point to the three point line as if Baylor has an off shooting night, but to me, Baylor looks like a great offense that uh, is a little bit more vulnerable away because it's, they're just less likely to make as many threes. Um, I feel like Houston on the other side, I mean, they're going to defend incredibly well. They're going to, probably dominate the offensive and defensive glass. Uh, but I think away from home, I think there's enough of an advantage for Baylor shooting where uh, I'm probably playing Baylor here. If I do anything, I'm a little bit concerned that Houston are, that they're Houston is just one of those teams that I don't really want to be against. Like I did play against UConn this week, which was a big step for me, but really it was based on <laughs> uh, the big change between um, preseason where, Creighton and, and UConn were pretty much neck and neck to, to win the big East. So that kind of felt like a, a big jump plus having Marquette and, and Creighton back to back. I mean, there's good chance there to, that I felt before the game that there's maybe going to be a good re- performance from Creighton um, here. Maybe Baylor gets that a little bit. Houston, of course got to play on Monday. So <laughs> that's good for their, I guess, extra day of rest uh, compared to Baylor uh, going on the road to Provo. And that travel is not, Small. I think that's pretty significant, even in private jets, playing at altitude, all that sort of stuff. So there's plenty that I think potentially keep, could keep me off of Baylor, but um, I feel like Houston. The few games that they're going to lose, this is one of them, going on the road to a team that's been playing really well that seems to be great offensively and doesn't really need to go inside because I don't think Baylor, besides maybe lob plays to Yves Misi, I-, I think they're really going to try to stay in the perimeter, which certainly does bring up some risk with three-point variance. But I just feel like this is a game that Houston is vulnerable in, and uh, I-, I guess if Baylor's a-, a small underdog or something like that, I-, I feel like they are probably more than 50% to win this game, so I think that's enough for me to play Baylor.
2: This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. How's your social battery right now, AJ? I know sometimes I get drained, and it could be easy to ignore I've been drinking AG-1 because for AG-1, quality isn't just a buzzword. AG-1's ingredients are heavily researched for efficacy and quality, and I love that every scoop has prebiotics, probiotics, digestive enzymes for my gut support,
0: All right, let's look at the ACC. We'll go with Duke at Wake Forest and we'll make Duke a very slight favorite, maybe a 1 point favorite uh at Wake Forest and these two teams played about 2 weeks ago, a 77-69 win for Duke, of course that was at Cameron. Um Wake Forest has been I mean legit at home. This is a, a t- they haven't had a, a home loss this season. Uh, They have home wins over Florida, over Rutgers, over Virginia Tech, all of those by double digits. Um, They beat Miami. They beat Virginia. They they beat NC State. I mean, they've won every home game they've played. They just beat Pitt this week by 33 points at home. Duke is seemingly kind of coming into their own now. And I, I wonder how much of it is schedule and how much of it is legit, but They've now won eight of their last nine games. It's been Louisville, Clemson at home by one, Virginia Tech, Notre Dame, Boston College, that Wake Forest at home, Florida State, and a shorthanded Miami who they just blew out this week, uh, mixed in with a loss at North Carolina. So I'm like, you're seeing Duke start to play well, but you also, well, who are they playing against? This is a tough matchup for them going on the road to Wake Forest. Uh, is Wake good enough in your mind to to keep their keep holding serve on their home court? Uh, and, and is this, I guess, Wake, who's a team that at this point is probably you know every win counts for NCAA tournament consideration. Uh, this would be a, a huge resume builder for them because it seems like every time they've they've really stepped up and had a game that could be like a okay that gets them in, they've come up a little short. Do you think this one is their spot because they've got this game at home to, uh, to get the job done? I mean, Steve Forbes is an awesome coach. Uh,
1: I feel like Wake Forest probably comes bigger than a one point underdog. I'd be surprised if it's that short, if it is, that might be enough to keep me away from the home team. Um, I am a little concerned. I was thinking to myself a little bit last night, cause I almost played Miami, which then fortunately I saw Nigel Pack was, was not likely to play and had missed the last game. So that was a, easy kind of stay away for me Yeah, uh, heading right up into the game. And and fortunately it was, I think Duke won by nearly 30 points in Coral Gables, but Duke looks like, I mean, they made a ton of threes last night. They've been shooting threes very well this year, just haven't taken a lot of them. So I don't know if that's something that's changing and they're improving because that was to me, one of their weak points or just uh, an area that didn't seem very strong to me um, from the wake forest perspective. Uh, I have not done very well with them this year. I will admit Um, I I feel like they have outperformed and that's probably a lot because of coaching, but also getting Hunter Salas to transfer in from Gonzaga was huge for them, kind of a huge win. And uh, honestly, they played really played Virginia really tightly and and probably deserved better than a uh, two point loss. Unfortunately with a two and a half spread on Virginia, which I packed last weekend, but Um, I just haven't had a ton of success with Wake Forest. I feel like that price is probably too low for me to want to get involved. I know that I'm very uh, differential or or I I love home court. Basically probably should get a a tattoo on my forehead, but I just feel like that is too low of a price for me based on how well Duke has played. So we might see it come higher. I mean, I'm sure you're, using that off of projection systems and, and your number is probably accurate. I just wonder if the betting public is going to see Duke and, and keep betting them at that low of a price considering how well they've played. It's coming off the, the big blowout win. Maybe that does provide us some value on the Wake Forest side. I just, I don't know necessarily that I'm ready for Wake Forest to take this type of step, but I mean, they won't do it until they do it. And as you've pointed out, they had a really great successful run at home this year. Great coach and uh, I just – I don't know how it all works, but maybe that's a Steve Forbes thing.
0: Yeah, I, I could see uh, what you're saying about the Duke money coming in. Like Duke seems to be one of those teams, especially the way they're playing right now, that maybe they're the exception to the home court rule, uh, that no money comes in on road teams. Maybe maybe they are the, uh, the, the rare exception. All right, let's, go, let's talk about one more road favorite. I'll see if uh, I can tempt you with the dog mm. here. Uh, even though the dog seems to have some fleas right now. We'll go with Creighton, about a three-point favorite at St. John's. And, man, you talk about kind of a, a tale of two seasons for the Johnnies. It it feels like they were really poised for a, a kind of a big season, it, it, at least in the non-conference. And it's been just a disaster run where they, they've lost eight of the last 11 Um you know, and two of those three wins came against Georgetown and DePaul, so they don't even really count. Uh, <laughs> and the, the fact that the Georgetown win was like up in the air late in the game is massively concerning. You, you've got uh, Rick Pitino not not calling out effort, but like calling out players for things that they can't change, like we've just got slow players like, okay, that's not, we've got bad shooters. We've got slow players. Those are things you can't fix as a coach. And normally like what you hear coaches will call out effort or uh, want to, or leadership in a way to kind of like make these guys say, okay, this this is something I can step up. Guys aren't going to get faster in the middle of the season, or especially this late in the season, they're not going to get faster. And I can't imagine that they, that, the the team really took well to to that I this Creighton team is probably the bane of my existence this year um, I bought into them early in the season I thought that when you put them next to UConn and Marquette I actually thought that Creighton might be the best of that bunch and it turns out they are the worst of that bunch and it's I mean, they're they're a pretty distant third, it seems, in that conversation. Um, but then they then they go and do something like they did on on Tuesday and just obliterate UConn at home. Which again, I've bet on this on on Creighton at home a couple times and been just burned by teams that I I couldn't picture burning, they, like losing to Villanova. Who I mean, I think we've both talked about Villanova a lot this year. Like I, I don't know if they're a tournament team or not. Uh, right now, I'm saying it probably looks like they're not. But their win at Creighton looks like one of their the best wins that they could have. Uh, Butler, same thing. Butler has this win at Creighton that no one expected them to get. Now we're asking them to go on the road where uh, they've not been as good, although it's not a bunch of ugly losses. They, they've lost three conference road games at Marquette, at UConn, and overtime at Providence. It, I, this is you'll, – you'll probably have to talk me off of this, but I, I'm tempted to get back in the the Creighton boat here as a, a short road favorite. Uh, it just feels like there's some dysfunction going on with St. John's right now and Creighton <laughs> – You think? <laughs> I mean, given what we've just seen the, the last couple games from Creighton, like in their last four, they, they, they beat Xavier on the road, uh, obviously blew out Georgetown, but then they blew out Butler on the road. And then the UConn blow, blow them out at home. I'm starting to feel like Creighton's maybe finding their groove a little here. Uh, so I, I think I'm looking to back them in this spot. And again, this is probably one of those where I'll wait and see because I doubt money comes on the road team. But I, I think I'm interested in Creighton. What do you think? So
1: it's going to be really weird. And I swear I'm sober and uh, I've not changed no one is speaking through me with a different voice right now, but I don't see how I'm getting anywhere, even giving out a lean towards St. John's in that scenario. I, I I understand all of the sharpest minds and sharpest bets possible to like fade the consensus, all that sort of stuff. Uh, I just feel like you can throw that out when the coach is calling their two starting big men slow. Can't, can't move sideways, like things of that nature, which you, you touched on pretty well. I, I feel like, um, it looked like a nice bounce back cuz they got a win over georgetown but who isn't doing that besides the paul in that league so um i'm still waiting to see how st john's responds to those comments they're now ninth in the big east i think i saw um they're, they're playing done this... like they're not making a tournament right yeah they're not they're playing this game at msg which like honestly with the way they Creighton basketball cares their fan base cares about that team i wouldn't be shocked if there's more blue in that in that arena i mean it's Almost impossible based on how close St. John's is to uh, in Queens is to Madison Square Garden, having lived there in the past. But St. John's also been playing games in like on Long Island and at their home gym at the Carnese Arena in Queens. So, like, I just feel like that program is a really tough spot. And Rick Pitino certainly is not making that any better with running off some of the best talent, which has surfaced other places and played pretty well this year. Uh, I think he made some really bad calculations and I mean, I guess we trusted him, but to me it's felt like St. John's has gotten uh, a Rick Pitino premium for a lot of the season. They've been too short of underdogs away from home. I haven't really had a chance to back them much mm-hmm. at home, but um, probably for the best, because I feel like they might've been overvalued overpriced based on Rick Pitino being the coach. I mean, he was awesome his Louisville days. They were so good, but um, I feel like, I'm not sure he's, I'm saying he's over the hill because the game hasn't changed that much, but it is significantly different. And I think what he did to his team, just basically sliced him in the back after a, a tough performance, is pretty like, I don't know if it's a fireball offense, but certainly not something I would feel comfortable with if I was an athletic director at St. John's. With that all said, uh, I feel like a, a, if you threw a minus three out there on Creighton, that number is getting hammered. And I don't know really who's backing St. John's at plus three besides the wise guy's potential. Um, so I don't know what number it would take me to want to back St. John's, but that that number feels short, and I would expect that kind of you you pointed this too. I, I think Creighton that we saw with Ohio State under Chris Holtman, uh, he always had a great start to the year and then a swoon as soon as his Big Ten play started. Uh, unfortunately, the swoon was ended a little bit prematurely when he was uh, removed from his position. But Creighton the other side, they seem to have some slow. At a conference sort of midway through the season before conference play starts. I don't know if that's McDermott fiddling with things, trying to. I mean, you could blame that on Calk Brenner's mononucleosis last season, I think. But this year, it feels like a similar swoon happened. And then they're finally riding the ship and starting to play really well. And what I think that will do is get us some value on them in the NCAA tournament. Six seed last year, that probably should have knocked out San Diego State, if not for a foul late and make a deep run of the tournament. Um, I'm looking to buy them as much as possible. I doubt they shoot 14 of 28 like they did against UConn at home. Um, Probably a much different performance, and you could certainly see them show up in a flat spot here and maybe lose to St. John's. But I just feel like the price has got to be higher for me to want to have anything to do with a home team that's got real cracks and that's probably even chasms between players and coach right now.
0: All right, uh that will do it for the games of the week. And before we get to best bets, Griffin, tell the people I can save some money over at pregame.com. Use the promo code NET20, N-E-T 20, like the uh NCA
1: evaluation tool, a very creative name that is now seating all of our our teams and some of them very, very incorrectly, but we're looking forward to that college basketball coming up. Uh, we're in the last week of February. So uh, get ready. March Madness is almost here and what better time to lock in uh, 20% off anything for all listeners of this college basketball podcast. It's good only for you because we're only giving this podcast promo out on this podcast itself. Net 20, good for 20% off and use it by a package. AJ and I both have packages going up through the rest of the season, through the Final Four, through the championship game. Uh, we're going to have a ton of plays coming out, especially with conference tournaments in the very near future. I feel like I'm about as deep as I've been in the lower conferences in my lifetime. So I'm looking forward to throwing some potential uh, whatever you'd call it at the wall and see if gets, seeing if it sticks. But it's been a good year for both AJ and I. I was going to shout out my numbers, but his are actually better than mine at this point. I think we're up nearly 80-something. I think we're over 80 units on on basketball sports this year. AJ at 54.69. I was 34.2 until a, a three-star winner tonight on Minnesota. So get in while we're hot. We are hot. We also, I can't believe we haven't mentioned it yet, but 3-0 in our last three podcasts together. So so, uh, or undefeated, so that's 6-0 total. So
0: uh, we're hot. We're staying hot. Use the promo code NET20, and you can get hot with us. All right. I am going to try to stay hot on Friday, so I'll go first here, and I'm going to go to our friends in the Ivy League, and let's go to Columbia hosting Brown, and you can get Columbia right now as we record this podcast at minus 3, and that is perplexing to me. Uh, Ken Palm makes this five for starters and these teams played two weeks ago at Brown Um, Brown shot better from three than Columbia. Columbia is the best three point shooting team in the Ivy. They shot a better free throw percentage despite being a a bottom 20 free throw shooting team in the country. They were basically even on the boards, even in turnovers yet Columbia won that game 83 to 69. Why? Why? Because they attacked the basket. Brown had no answer for it. Columbia made 64% of their two point attempts. They got to the line 20 times, and that was on the road. I expect now the same strategy, and I think we get an even friendlier whistle at home. And I think that Columbia is the deeper team, which matters even on the first night of these back to backs. You've got to conserve energy however you can. Columbia has to do that less than Brown, who's one of the, has some of the worst depth in the Ivy league and Columbia's motivated here. They are sitting tied with Harvard for the fourth and final spot in the Ivy tournament. Uh, and if it's close late, I've got an elite free throw shooting team against a terrible one. So I, I like Columbia here and I'm going to back them, uh, I'd back them to four. But like I said, this is a, a Friday game. So we have the number in front of us at minus three. I don't have a lot to add
1: there, so I'll move to my best bet. Uh, AJ, (laughs) we did have an Ivy League winner last week on the show with Sleepy filled in, so maybe we're just hot on the nerd conferences at this point. Um, good, Good for you. Good luck. Uh, I, I can't say I can name a player on either of those teams. I wish I could. Uh, so I'll move to my best bet uh, coming off. I think I'm two and one last three episodes, three and one, three and one last four, but AJ and I together uh, have won our last threes for that six and another that we were talking about earlier. I'm going to go with the Ole Miss Rebels. Uh, AJ's projecting them a two-point favorite at home against South Carolina on Saturday. Uh, big time for Chris Beard and company to bounce back to a tough loss in the I guess, hardwood version of the Egg Bowl on the road at Mississippi State. Uh, Things didn't go great, but I think you could say that for South Carolina as well. Uh, A big climb after a huge, I guess, road week uh, with some big wins, including uh, uh, somehow beating Tennessee at Tennessee. Things have not gone great for South Carolina since then. And they look like they're going to be a pretty small underdog, less than a possession. I'll play up to minus four. Uh, But we're expecting this 2-3 to range, so uh, I'll give you that. I think Ole Miss, they are a really tough team to back away from home, um, and they've had a week off after a a disappointing loss at home. I think it was a buzzer beater as well against LSU. Maybe they've been uh, living a little bit right lately. But I think Ole Miss gets a win, gets back in the win column as they start trying to make a push for what seemed like an impossible NCAA tournament bid to start the season. But they've played pretty well, and most of that has come at home. So uh, betting against South Carolina, they – had a, a nice rise to the top, and then it's gotten pretty ugly since then with a 40-point loss at Auburn. And uh, I guess, excuse me, it was South Carolina that lost at home to LSU. So they've had a tough, tough run ever since getting getting ranked. have had a week to stew on it, but uh, I like Ole Miss here, minus two to three.
0: Yeah, and uh, Lenardi has uh Ole Miss as the last team in. Uh, so as bubbly as bubbly can get, and like when you when you really dig into Ole Miss's resume, like you, the, the record nineteen and seven looks awesome, but I mean th- their best win is probably like Texas A and M at Texas A and M or at Central Florida. Like those aren't not great. Uh, Need this it's one. not it's not much of a resume to be honest. So. Uh, This would be a a big win over a a, a team that looks like they're clearly a tournament team. Um, And there's not a lot of opportunities left for Ole Miss because after this game, they're home to Alabama, which, I mean, I I don't know. They're beating Alabama if they play it on the moon. Uh, And then their last (laughs) three, it's it's at Missouri, at Georgia, and home to Texas A&M. So this is really their – it feels like their last chance to really have a statement win uh before the sec tournament so I, I and i'll be honest i want this team to make the tournament because i think chris beard is such a good coach that i i think that they're dangerous like i i think that i i would not want to play a chris beard coach team in the tournament um but again i I don't know that they've got the resume this is a an important game for them so uh i like your side here with old miss all right that's gonna do it for another episode hopefully we're gonna have another two and oh and griffin you like you you texted me the numbers the other day, um, for the full season, and we're, yes. we, were we we were at like fifty six percent before our last two and Yeah, Yes, so we've it,
1: improved. It, uh, I can read it to you. Thank you to to my guy Kevin Welsh, She was uh, sent this over to me directly. Um, as soon as these texts will load between you and I. Uh, yeah, we were we were rocking it. I mean, I think it was just I guess we wow we text so much. Okay, so we were thirty and twenty four and two two pushes at fifty five point six percent. This is not us grading it. This is somebody else. So thank you, Kevin, for doing that. But now we increase that to thirty two and twenty four. So that's thirty two wins out of fifty six best bets. That's over fifty seven percent, fifty seven point one four two eight five seven one four. So I think that <laughs> plus five point six units will probably be good enough for this free episode that we record with bets coming out a lot of times days in advance unless we're doing Friday night IVs, which seems to be a thing lately um so take that I think people will be happy and uh there's a good another good reason to stay
0: with us because we've been making you money this whole season yeah that's all it took I mean we were sitting at 500 basically the whole season and all it was going to take was one little run where we hit a couple two and O's because we were one and one one and one one and one and now we've sat here three four two and a, two and O's in a row and it's like well, there you go now it's a, a an awesome season so uh happy with what we've done this year and hopefully uh continues this week Griffin great job as always my man uh love getting into your knowledge on these teams and um in, enjoy the weekend I know you're going out to fog uh which I, I've never I, I've never been to a game there it's uh it seems like it's on my list but I, I even when I covered Texas I didn't get to really travel with the basketball team very often so uh it, it's one that I haven't been to but I, I it should be a good time for you brother
1: well, thank you. I appreciate that. I will be out there if anyone has some ideas on tickets or wants to thank uh, the the college basketball podcast on on from pregame with uh, some help on some tickets. That'd be nice, too. I have no <laughs> idea what we're going to do. It seems like uh, standing room only is the general admission. And so I'm going to not do that, but uh, just hoping for some people to panic and try to sell last minute as I walk up to that stadium. But looking forward to it. Um, looking forward to Texas shocking the world. Uh, though I certainly don't
0: believe it will happen (laughs) (laughs) all right Uh, appreciate you man Uh, thank you guys for listening please leave a uh, leave a friendly review we always appreciate that and tell your friends and tell them to tell their friends we will be back on Sunday night with another episode enjoy the games this weekend we'll talk to you Sunday